Welcome to episode 55 of the Family Geekery Podcast. I'm Chris. I'm Amber. And I'm Danny. And today we're going to talk about Ultimate Fallout, a Marvel miniseries from 2011, which features a lot of characters and the debut of a very important character in the Marvel Universe right now. But before we do that, let's talk about our geeky weeks. Anybody have anything geeky going on this week? Danny's been drawing, getting us ready for our first ever booth at a Comic-Con. I have both digital and traditional work. Nice. I've been procrastinating. (laughs) But um, on my end, I've been logging in to Dreamlight Valley once a day to check the store and to water my pumpkins. Um, And besides that, I'm waiting for the update and they released a roadmap um, telling us, I guess what they have planned for the rest of 2023. So that looks fun. New update coming out probably any day now. Cause it said early June um, and that's going to be exciting, but they've got some other stuff planned for the later on in the summer. Um, and I'm, I haven't finished all of my quests that I have, but I just can't be bothered. <laughs> <laughs> you still have quests? Yeah, I don't play all day. I'm a working girl now. But also the next set of um, Magic the Gathering comes out soon. And it's Lord of the Rings themed. So I've decided that I'm going to try to read all of the Lord of the Rings books in the next two weeks. But mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll see how far I get. <laughs> I need to pull a dad and put it on the audio book. I don't think that's any quicker. It's probably not. I can probably read slightly quicker than they can read. But yeah, well, that's, that's cool. my plan. And I've got the books I, I got. They are kind of small and they're kind of like little Bibles, you know, the little (laughs) tiny leather Bibles that have like the really thin pages and really small text. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. That's what I'm working with. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) But good luck with that. Yeah. That's what, that's my goal. What about you, Danny? Anything besides doing your drawing? Mm, not much. Um, still playing Dead by Daylight. I seem to play that game for a few weeks and then not play it for another like year. But I'm in my Dead by Daylight playing right now. Um, there's a lot of cool survivors, and it's about to be their anniversary, so a lot of stuff goes on sale. So Ooh. just waiting for that. But it's a fun game. And that's that's really all I'm playing right now. And I've got some uh, new tech gear here that I'm making some videos about. So that's been keeping me busy. Playing a little bit of games, but uh, testing out a bunch of new electronics. A bunch of new tronics in the house. Nice. That's always fun. A lot of work, but a lot of fun. Today I tested out multiple M1 and M2 processor-based devices. I totally know what that means. go check out youtube and you'll learn all about it all right all right so let's get into the 
episode. So a little backstory on why we're covering this. Uh, we decided that it might be a good time to do a character spotlight on Miles Morales. So in the, the quick little search about where his origin story came up, it's right in the middle of like a mini series. And I thought that's, that's not real convenient. It's a lot more convenient when someone's first appearance and someone's origin story is all in like Miles Morales episode number one. So you can start off (laughs) everything all at once, but instead it's an issue four of ultimate fallout and ultimate fallout is a six issue mini series. So I thought we can't really just like jump into issue four. It won't make any sense. Well, Spoiler alert, even if you read all six issues, it might not make <laughs> this is in 2011, and it's right in the middle of, you know, 100 years of Marvel lore, and it's right after a major event that we are kind of out of context with. So that being said, that's what led us to think, hey, let's just go ahead and read this Ultimate Fallout six-issue miniseries from 2011. And, uh, and cover that, and then we can springboard off of that maybe next time we do a character spotlight to, uh, to do the rest of Miles Morales' story. Does that sound good? Yeah. Also, the movie's out, and I haven't seen it. I was thinking about seeing it this weekend, but then I didn't. Yeah, maybe next time we all get together, we can catch up on some movies. Sounds good. Yeah. All right, so Ultimate Fallout starts off with this happening right after and and this i'll just quote the beginning of the first issue peter parker died heroically at the hands of norman osborne aka the green goblin in the arms of his one true love mary jane and the woman who raised him aunt may so we get a little picture of dead peter parker rip in his spider-man outfit (laughs) <laughs> and as a result of this, which happened, I think, in Ultimate Spider-Man, one of one of the Ultimate Spider-Man is, uh, series, um, obviously right before this, when this happened, not only did he die, but everybody found out who he was all at once. So, hero dies, hero is, uh, you know, unmasked, and you know now they're not just mourning the hero of the city; they're mourning a what is he 16 year old kid yeah teenage boy so tragedy all over the place so that's that's the setting that we're walking into in this uh ultimate fallout series i bet he i bet he wished he would have just been forgotten (laughs) (laughs) from the last movie (laughs) oh that didn't happen yet <laughs> better, better forgotten than dead. Yeah, I'd rather be forgotten than dead too. <laughs> a lot of people pay a lot of money to be forgotten. <laughs> Anyways, I say leave that silence in. <laughs> I'll find a cricket sound effect somewhere. All right, so this first issue is like an all-star cast, and it starts off really awesome with introducing a bunch of characters all reacting to, you know, what's just happened. So we got Gwen Stacy. We got J. Jonah Jameson. We've got John Worm. 
Uh, yeah. We've got some chick beating up a bunch of bad guys in the streets. Turns out to be Kitty Pride. She's all pissed off about something. We got Flash Thompson. <laughs> he's not quite the cal- caliber character as the rest of them, but he's a, you know, he's obviously from the Spider-Man stories. Yeah. We got Mary Jane Watson, and she's trying to figure out kicking some from some shield butt. Yeah, she's trying to figure out who killed. She's got conspiracy theories about why uh, Spider-Man got killed, so she's trying to sneak up on uh, Shield and Nick Fury. We got Tony Stark trying to console the uh, Aunt May, not not quite hot Aunt May like in the movies, but oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> so he's he's not creeping on her. He's he, I guess he's being genuine and uh, trying to. Uh, trying to help them out any way that he can and the best way that he can is monetarily apparently. And That's then the only uh, way. Mm-hmm. we get a fantastic full page spread of, what is that? St. Patrick's cathedral. Oh, I, I forgot. It's a real place. Maybe yeah, it's New York city, <laughs> but it's a great, it's a great picture. And, uh, and everybody is funneling in to St. Patrick's for a funeral. Uh, which includes like the entire city of Manhattan is all waiting to funnel in there. <laughs> which um, Aunt May does not like. Yeah, it's a little overwhelming for, for Aunt May. Um, but she decides that, you know, she, she doesn't want to be part of a circus, obviously, but she decides that this is something she has to do. So she goes inside and she gets confronted by Captain Steve Rogers in full uniform who drops the bomb on it that says it's my fault that your boy I killed your son. And that's that's the cliffhanger that we end up on to be continued. So it started off great. What did you think about this this cold open for this this series? I was surprised. I was like, wait, Spider-Man dead? Okay, that's you know a place to start a series. Um it was, you know, sad to see these people mourning and, like, of course, all these, this crowd of people trying to, I don't know, mourn, but, like, they don't know Peter Parker or Spider-Man. They're just sad that a hero's dead, I guess. Um, and I'm realizing now, so there's this little part with this little girl who um, Spider-Man saved her from a burning building and... She's got a shirt with with tangled on it. Right. <laughs> I just realized that. It's so cute. What's got a little Rapunzel shirt. Of, of uh, Disney buying Marvel. Is it right around this time? <laughs> <laughs> I bet you right around this time, 2011. Rapunzel came out in like 2012 or something, right? 2011? I don't know. Something. I think it was like 2008 or something. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. A little bit of product, product placement. Hey, that's all. I'm at. That's all okay. Yeah, what do you think, Danny? That was interesting with all the like characters in the beginning and like wondering how they're all tied to it. Cuz like in the in the movies, like Spider-Man isn't really with all those other characters like with the Avengers, but not really any of the X-Men or any of that. So right. it's it's cool to see like how they're connected to him or how they're related in his story. And it's also 
interesting how Mary Jane is trying to figure it all out and she's skeptical about Fury and all that. But yeah. I like it. It's cool just in general to see all these characters interact, right? Like, of course, we know that, you know, Avengers headquarters is in New York City, you know, and that's where they are in the movies. And, you know, X-Men schools in New York also, but, you know, they're separate franchises. But in the comics, it's all like the same universe and like the same place, you know, like, yeah, just like, oh, it's it's fun to see how like the mutant stuff ties into the Avengers stuff and how Kitty Pride is interacting with Johnny Storm from Fantastic Four. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. It's it's fun to see all these hodgepodge teams come together. It's going to be fun to figure out, to see how they figure out to uh, introduce the Fantastic Four into the MCU and be yeah. like, hey, uh, how come we've been fighting these huge battles in New York City you know, all these years and, and you guys uh, didn't, didn't think to help out a little bit. Maybe they'll be doing like research and stuff for all this time. Like surely they have to have like an origin story because they released the casting and they're all kind of young actors. So it's probably going to be an origin story for them. Maybe yeah, they're maybe. researching and got blipped and <laughs> <laughs> came back and none of the research was relevant anymore dusted yep but yeah so the as far as an opening issue to a mini series it was exactly what i wanted to see and it it kind of painted this picture that all these characters are going to be coming together almost like a you know end game slash you know just all these mishmash of characters coming together for the story and yeah find out like an issue later that that's not necessarily the case each each issue is almost its own little story featuring a couple characters and they don't really tie together a whole lot i guess the the underlying story is still there but but yeah Yeah. and like what an engaging like first issue of of a mini series like there's probably people who didn't even read this ultimate avenger or ultimate spider-man series i guess at the time um and they're like oh spider-man's dead maybe i'll pick this up and see what the heck is happening yep so yeah so let's go ahead and work our way into issue number two all right so we come along into issue two which has a awesome portrayal of thor on the front cover yeah and uh thor looking very hemsworth-ish yeah, so, they did a good job. They must have had him cast already for the for the movie. But we continue on in the uh, in the church. Steve Rogers explains himself further, saying that he didn't think Peter Parker was was ready to be a, a hero, and that kind of pushed Peter Parker to uh, try harder and, in fact, um, you know, take a bullet for for Captain America. So that's I guess what happened. That's what we missed. And uh, as soon as Aunt May hears that, she uh, opens the palm and gives a big old slap. Big old slap. To, uh, slap slaps the cheeks of America. <laughs> face, face cheeks, not the, uh, the America's other cheeks. cheeks. So she she slaps him, storms off, goes outside, kind of faints a little bit. Tony Stark again, kind of hopes that she takes his offer to get the heck out of town, so she can 
get out of there. Um, and then we've got a little story of Thor. And Thor yeah. is not sure what's happening with uh, Odin trying to create two worlds with the world tree. And I don't know if he's trying to connect Midgard and Asgard. Norse uh, things. Yeah. It, God's doing God stuff. <laughs> um, so you get that little story going on and he's kind of lamenting about a hero being dead, but he's instead of being mournful about it, he's kind of cheerful about it because that means that the hero gets to go to Valhalla. Yeah. A nice little montage of a bunch of heroes and and right. We got, we got Gambit, Cyclops, is that Wolverine and some chick that I don't recognize. Is it is it the wasp? It looks like the wasp, but yeah, I'm not but sure. But it looks like she's in like an X-Men uniform. Right. Wait, so I know later on they say Gambit's dead, but is he the one in the red? Because I thought that was Daredevil. Yeah, he's the one. It looks like he's the one in the background there. Oh. That's my okay. guess. But yeah, so he he rejoices the uh, the hero going to Valhalla. And then we skip to Rogue, who's hanging out in a uh, little diner. And uh, she's crying over a person that she's only met like once, I guess, or once or twice. And uh, she gets upset and storms off. Accidentally. accidentally, life sucks a lady a little bit. Yeah, your list <laughs> gloves on, I guess. <laughs> her choices of gloves. She's She's got a variety of gloves, and for some reason, some of them have no fingers on them. I, I don't understand Very that. Smart. Right? Like, what? So she, instead of paying for her coffee, she just yeets out of there by uh, touching this lady and taking a year of her life, I guess. It's a little butt crack in here. So she... Uh, <laughs> off. Well, there is a plumber's crack as she's living. <laughs> Attention to detail on these artists. That's right. You know, your average uh, diner goer Exactly. Numbers crack every now and then. I might be included uh, in that, that group. That must have been Daredevil in the other picture because Gambit here has longer hair. Oh, okay. And who in the heck is Kane? I don't, don't know who that know. is. Is that Juggernaut? It looks like a Juggernaut. That's what I thought. Maybe it's a Juggernaut son or something. Hmm. Juggernaut. <laughs> yeah, so she storms off out of the diner. And finds himself in a uh, in a church, and yeah. uh, does some does some talking to God about hoping that the uh, the world is going to be okay in the absence of certain heroes. And apparently, there was a giant flood of New York that killed a bunch of people. Yeah, see, we missed that too. Yeah, that must have been happening in the X Men comics while Spider Man was busy dying. Yeah. Also, wait, so Spider-Man died by a gunshot, but it said he died from Green Goblin. So Green Goblin was just like, I've got a gun now, pow, pow. He's packing heat. (laughs) Screw these pumpkins. I'm going to just shoot you. Yeah, who knows? I guess we'll have to read it. Yeah, we'll have to read that. And then we end up this episode with Mary Jane uh, typing up her conspiracy theories in a dossier 
and uh, she's got pictures of the Avengers, including uh, her her main focus of Samuel L. Jackson. Wait, she's blaming Samuel L. Jackson for the death of Spider-Man? <laughs> it's cool how they changed Nick Fury to look more like Samuel L. Jackson. They yeah. changed a lot since World War II <laughs> when he was in the Howling Commandos. What? 20-year-old in World War II. We we didn't explain that one off, have we? What? <laughs> in the comics, Nick 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 Fury was in the Howling Commandos, which was a group of World War II people that fought alongside Captain America. Wait, seriously? Yeah. So he old. He yeah. old. Maybe he's got some of that super serum. Yeah. Pours it in his whiskey every night. All right, so what do you guys think about the, the second issue compared to the first issue? You know, before before I open up the mic to you guys, um, the one thing I want to note, and I hope you guys noticed, is at the beginning in the credits of each Hey, episode. I was going to talk about this. You shut up. All right, you go. <laughs> I just got told. We were so loud. The podcast audience has finally seen Amber's spicy side. It's almost 10 o'clock. I'm tired. Okay. This is something I noticed a little bit later on when reading, but you can see it here in this issue that for specific stories, they have a different art style and a completely different set of artists that like you can see in the, in the front credits. Um, So rogue story was done by a different team than the, I guess the Spider-Man story with like the Mary Jane and Thor and stuff. And, yeah. and that continues throughout with the different stories. Yeah. After I thought that's really issue, cool. After the first issue, I thought, Oh man, it must be absolutely fun for some artists to get this, uh, get this job of doing such a variety of, of heroes. And then I looked at the credits to see who it was. And I, yeah, I saw that it was multiple, <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's cool. Yeah, content-wise, I don't know. I the Thor stuff was weird, but that's okay. Yeah, yeah, I like seeing Rogue. Rogue's uh, a favorite character of mine. Oh yeah. So it's good to see her. She didn't have quite the written accent that she normally has. I like to see a really thick accent for her written. You know, it's it's always neat to see how they they spell Hun and Sugar. <laughs> Sugar is what she's always saying. Sugar. So she's a BTS fan. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> Maybe because she wasn't talking to Wolverine, she didn't have her full accent on. You saw it a little bit, like the there was a little bit of like grammar things. It took some liberties with her grammar. Cool. What did you think, Danny? Um. I thought the Thor stuff was a little interesting too, but it's cool to see how like each of the different characters kind of like take the situation differently. Like Thor's like, oh, like he's in this other place and then Rogue is just all depressed in the church. Yeah. And then Mary Jane is typing away. Writing her op-ed. Yeah. But that was cool. All right. So chapter three starts off 
with kind of a flashback to another funeral that Tony Stark is is thinking back to as he's sitting in the funeral for Peter Parker. And he's thinking back to a funeral for a Harold Stark. Which Gregory Stark. Gregory Stark. Which Gregory. Is. <laughs> and in the process of uh, setting up a grave site and statue for his brother, he gets approached by Jonathan Blackhaven, which as he started talking, it, it sounded an awful lot like what the Iron Man 2 was, was based on, but I'm not sure if, if it actually is or not. But I don't anyways, remember Iron Man 2 at all. He jets over to Zurich, Switzerland, hangs out with some other rich dude, and uh, I think he's trying to sell him on some concept of joining some group of, of uh, very rich weirdos that his brother was a part of. And uh, that, that was about it. So I kind of approach him. I'm not really sure what was going on there. Like I haven't heard of this group before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that group before, but but then we come back to the funeral again and there's a Kitty Pride in attendance and she gets all upset and storms out, beats up a cameraman, um, runs into a park and she's uh, thinking the whole side the whole time about how she's so upset over someone that she's only met like once or twice, but She's getting sick at all, and she runs into her buddy uh, Bobby in the park. And the very first picture of Bobby, I just about crapped my pants. <laughs> it looks exactly like Bobby. It from, does. From the cartoon King of the Hill. I mean, the first picture, of, I'm like, they're not. <laughs> they buy Fox, too? <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't think they bought Fox this early, though. I'm like, no. what is Bobby Hill doing? Uh, with <laughs> Pride? But it turns out to be a different Bobby. It turns out to be, what, Iceman Bobby? Yeah. One of the frames looks a lot like the actor who did play Iceman in the movies, though. Yeah. Look at the little nose. So, uh, so he's upset. She's upset. Then they've got Johnny uh, is kicking a can in the park, too. And they decide they're all going to just uh, run off to some place where they can be um, be safe. Because the I guess emos. I guess up to this point, Bobby had been hanging out with Aunt May, and he doesn't want to be a burden to her anymore. And in, in this, especially in this time of tragedy, so they're going to just get the heck out of town. And, and Kitty Pride says she knows some place that they can they can hide. So kind of stops there, and then. Uh, we flash over to uh, a flashback from two weeks ago, it says, of Aaron Grant, who apparently is some version of... Uh, some Jean Grey, I guess. Jean Grey. And she's uh, mind-twinkling uh, a, a Bruce Banner or David Banner or whoever he is in this comic. <laughs> um, trying to uh, ease his brain of... of uh, you know, the problems that he has with keeping a monster inside and all that good stuff. And she proves to him that she can control him turning in and out of the Hulk. I guess she kind of makes him morph into the Hulk as he's sitting there talking. And he's yeah. gray Hulk. Yeah. Gray Hulk. Not quite Joe fix it Hulk though. What? And then as, as they're talking in comes Nick Fury, this dude gets around and, <laughs> 
Nick Fury, I guess, is in the process of trying to use the Hulk probably for his own uses in the Avengers or something. He wants to make sure that this uh, this chick can actually control him. So I guess he's paying her to get him ready for the team, maybe? I don't know. Is that what you got out of it? I'll be honest. Yeah. I did not understand any of it. It's kind of kind of out of context completely. Yeah. But. It looks cool though. Kind of reminds me of the whole Black Widow soothing the Hulk kind of thing. Yeah. Sun's getting a low big guy. <laughs> and we end this issue with a little teaser that says next issue who will wear the mask and it shows just the lower just the body. Lower section of the Spider-Man holding a mask. So I think we know what's happening in issue number four. Well, you already said this is Miles Morales' first appearance. Well, we know that. You spoiled it for everyone. We know that, but in 2011, nobody knew that. Mm. I guess authors and artists. All right, so we start off chapter four with a partially scarred man we find out pretty quickly is Reed Richards uh, somewhere in the negative zone. And I'm going to be honest, don't know really what the heck's going on. He's <laughs> trying to get back home, I guess. And he's is working he in on space. He's working on uh, machineries and hoping to get back home. And, and maybe he did. Um, but all of a sudden, then he's got some weird, almost cerebrus looking uh, helmet yeah. on. Yeah. And a bunch of. Uh, weirdos in white outfits so don't know what happened there so we're just he's, gonna um probably doing some kind of eugenics <laughs> so then we get into washington dc with two chicks uh, <laughs> in a cafe i don't know who they are but we're I just don't about know. ice cream they've got some really cool a really cool close-up of some pistachio ice cream yeah and that's that's all I got out of that is pistachio ice cream. Yeah, just uh, and, the one that keeps on raving about it is allergic to pistachios, <laughs> so she rushed off the hospital. To be continued, I, it says. I skipped those pages to be honest. So I'm not sure I, who they are and what they're doing. I gotta say, I do not love this art style. I it's don't know. Like, it gives me like um, twilight greenish tinted. Like, look. yeah, yeah, and I didn't love the, the layout of the pages, like the like white borders and stuff. Straight down, yeah, and I had no clue who either of these ladies were, and their conversation was so confusing. Right, which is why we're gonna skip that and get right into <laughs> what really counts. The reason why you probably bought this issue to begin with, not for these random ladies eating pistachio ice cream. Kangaroo. But for the kangaroo. kangaroo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Australian super strong jumping weirdo. I'll be honest. I didn't know who this guy was. He seems cool though. Yeah. He gets in a bar fight or something or he takes a bar fight outside and then he confronts someone that looks like Spider-Man. And he keeps That's asking, in terrible taste. Hey, aren't you, aren't you dead? Yeah. And the crowd keeps on saying, Hey dude, that's too soon, man. Too soon. You should be wearing that outfit. And, uh, 
whoever this Spider-Man wannabe is thinks he's got an easy fight here, but it turns out uh, the kangaroo can jump. He he packs a little bit of a, a punch, so they fight, uh, which includes a bunch of feet first kicking from the kangaroo, and then we end up with Spider-Man in an alley somewhere, kind of licking his wounds. And he pulls up his mask, and we see, oh, that's not Peter Parker, obviously, because he's dead. It's some new guy. So we Miles Morales. Which I don't believe is He doesn't have a name yet. He's not named, but uh, it says right after that, see what happens next in Ultimate Comics Spider-Man number one. So that, that becomes his series, I guess. Oh. On sale September 2011. Kangaroo kind of looks like Merle and Yondu. Kind of <laughs> looks like that actor. He yeah. Looks, yeah. He kind of looks like that with a little bit of Crocodile Dundee, in which you're probably a little bit too young to understand who that is. Yeah, I don't know. He was actually a comedian from Australia who Australia. and did a, did a movie called Crocodile Dundee. And it was a very funny movie at the time. Oh, okay. So we finally get to meet Miles Morales. Yay! It's all Yay, over. that's what we came here to do. Wait, we got two more issues. Let's go get some pistachio ice cream. Oh, wait, I'm allergic. Ha ha. All right, so we start off chapter five with a nice cover of Quicksilver playing with some marionettes of uh, some mutants. And turns out that Quicksilver himself is a marionette being controlled by the Scarlet Witch. So Ooh. by the looks of this cover, we're in for something good because we all like Scarlet Witch. We all like Quicksilver. So what could yeah. go wrong in this episode? What, what can go wrong? So I'm also disappointed off. by the cover because it's got all the cool X-Men villains and none of them are here. Right. Like, what the heck? But I guess uh, what happens in the beginning here is kind of what that is depicting. So we've got a business meeting going on between Pietro and some other dude who I don't know who he is. Probably yeah, some guy. And it's being uh, mediated by uh, Devin. Some female. Some, some blonde lady. Some blonde lady. I'm not sure who she is, but she's kind of getting these two guys together. And the long and short of it is Quicksilver is is trying to convince this guy hey i can i can control the mutants in this world i can make them do great things and we can make a business out of it i can sell their powers to you and and so he gives some examples about using a teleporter to do shipping which hey i think that's pretty cool that's that's quicker than amazon and <laughs> uh using storm to control the weather for the arm the farming industry so He's got these grand ideas about how to monetize. Basically mutants. turn the mutants into slaves. Right. And, uh, yeah, there is some, some talking about how slavery is uh, you know, profitable, but we'll, we'll skip past that. So they're trying to make a business deal. We pause that little business deal there for a uh, another appearance of Nicolas Cage. Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to be in this comic book too. Ghost Hunter? I mean, Ghost Rider? Ghost Rider's in this? Wow, that's crazy. 
All right, cut. <laughs> so we kind of pause that story a little bit to have another appearance of Nick Fury, and he's coming into some weird command-based tricopter-looking thing, and uh, he's checking on how things are going, and of course things are going horribly. There's three big bad things that are happening. Different countries are getting upset about uh, current events, and they're all going to go at war at some point. So, um, Fun stuff. He, uh, he stumbles into his office to find a, uh, of course, it's got to be a, a pencil-pushing dweeb in there from the White House who's there to tell him that his budget for next year has been cut. And uh, not only that, but they want him to have more responsibility and can do, do more stuff. So it's, it's the typical government way, do more with less. And he gets upset and he says people are going to die as a result of this. So, uh, so he's all upset about that. And then we go back to Pietro's place. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Where oh, boy. He and Devin apparently are uh, going to have an intimate evening together (laughs) things get physical and then all of a sudden what's up sis (laughs) (laughs) scarlet witch shows up in his arms so either she's popped into his brain or he's manifested her into his brain as he's uh, apparently intimate with Devin. And uh, and they have a little conversation. She's proud of him, and then uh, <laughs> then she poofs back out. And there's Devin, and he tells her to get out. So he kicks the naked lady out of his house, and that's the end of issue five. To be continued. So I think yeah. what's happening here is all these little sub stories that we're we're seeing here all become their own comics after this. Oh. So and. Okay. and at the end of issue six where they actually drop a little plug in. So what do you guys think about issue five? We've got the the business deal going on between Petro and, and some other guy. And then we've yeah. got an upset uh, Nick Fury. I really liked the art style for the Quicksilver part. Like it was really like grainy and like, Really looked like colored pencil and stuff. It was really cool. I will say I skimmed through all of the business stuff and all of the government stuff because I was like, I don't know what's happening. Um, but like as I'm skimming through, I get back to the Pietro part and I'm like, wait a second, what? What is happening? Because <laughs> you just see a girl in lingerie. And I'm like, oh, okay. I guess I guess this is happening now. <laughs> um, and then it gets weirder. <laughs> so, yeah, all the other sub stories that they've had so far have all been kind of rooted in the main story of the death of Spider-Man. But these these stories completely departed from that. So yeah. So yeah, and I didn't know gone. that Quicksilver was bad. Taken too much after his dad, I guess. We know who his daddy is. Apple don't fall. Yeah, and we know who his sister is too, but he seems to be neglecting that. I guess it depends on who owns the rights to Quicksilver to know if he's going to be good or bad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I think if if you were to read these, you could just skip past this one. It doesn't add anything. 
Nope. Yeah. Adds a whole lot of uncomfortableness. Unless you want to see a little blurred out side butt. Anyways. Anyways. Moving on. Speaking of butt, we've got America's butt right there on the front cover. All right. So the final chapter is here. Chapter six. And we start off with a very nice picture of Aunt May kind of cuddling in Peter's bed with uh, the Spider-Man outfit. Very sad. Yeah, it's really sad. And looking out her window, seeing the crowds and crowds of people in press there, knowing that she's not going to escape this. And she gets visited by Gwen Stacy, who has cut off all of her hair and dyed it black. It's a jump scare, honestly. So yeah, I think she's she's trying to go incognito a little bit, and they discuss things a little bit. Aunt May gives up the uh, the secret that that Tony Stark had offered her to go anywhere, and they decide let's go to France. Let's let's move to France. Heck yeah! So uh, Aunt May's a little troubled about asking for help. Um, so Gwen Stacy obviously doesn't have that problem. Picks up the phone. Tells Tony Stark, we're going to take you up on that offer. Let's go to France. And he's like, I just happen to have like a nice chalet there that you can have. <laughs> it's a tour. Uh, I'll send a helicopter and a jet and uh, get you to France. You can live there happily Heck ever yeah. after. So, so they're on their way, jet setting over to, to France. We catch up with Kitty Pride and, and her two uh, elemental friends there. Bobby. Is, is there and they're uh, following her in the subways trying to find this this place that she says they'll be safe and as they get closer and closer she says that it's been abandoned for some time ever since the flood or something happened and uh, Bobby kind of knows what's happening um, what's the other one's name Johnny Johnny Johnny, Johnny is still kind of in the dark no pun intended and uh, they end up getting to a place that she proclaims is the Morlock Tunnels. And that's where they're going to live. Now, I'm not sure what the Morlock Tunnels are. I know what Murlocks are, but those are from World of Warcraft. I don't think that's the same thing. <laughs> is, it, is it the house? Is it the school? That's what I thought. I thought it was tunnels leading them back to the school. It could be. Maybe that's what it is. So they're, they're home sweet home. I guess that's the end of their story. Maybe that's going to split off into a comic. Then we get back to Nick Fury again. He's getting More government humbo jumbo. Yeah, he's he's telling his people he's got something special to do, so he flies off. And uh, the important business he has to do with has, apparently has something to do with Captain America quitting the job. So uh, I would too if you got a 16-year-old killed. Yeah. Yeah, girl. So he flies off, and we see Mary Jane Watson working on her paper again. It's probably pretty close to being done and getting ready to publish it. And then here comes um, Nick Fury popping up in her crib somehow. <laughs> she just little, does that. She's a little creeped out by that. Like, uh, you're just in my place now, I see. You just walk right into my room. Maybe he's secretly a mutant. And he can teleport or walk through walls. Yeah. 
and she assumes that he's there to uh, put the squash on this paper that she's written up. But in fact, he's there to say, well, I knew Peter Parker's parents. And Say that 10 times fast. And that's enough for her to say, oh, you knew his parents? I'm not going to publish this paper now. <laughs> and that was that's all it took like i knew his parents they were working on something for me oh well i didn't know that well then i'm not going to publish this paper now and then uh he ends up by saying um everything that you think about me how i got him killed it's all true okay. and that's the end. and then that's yeah. what leads to the little tiny mini advertisement of Ultimate Spider-Man number one, the Ultimates number one, Ultimate Hawkeye number one, and Ultimate X-Men number one. So all these spinning off of this uh, this comic event coming to a comic book store near you. In 2011. In 2011. <laughs> 12 years ago. So how, what do we think about how it all ended up? I just want to say Gwen Stacy's earrings kept changing colors. <gasps> fire them fire the color uh, i mean maybe earrings what maybe they're mood earrings yeah maybe but i like the x-men story a lot i i i don't know kind of want to follow up on that but i don't know all of this government nonsense was too much but i do like how how it all uh came together at the end Nick Fury um, admitting that, you know, it was his fault. And I, I'd i like to hear more about that. Yeah. yeah. Probably pushed the kid too fast too soon or something. What about you, Danny? I liked it. It was a lot of stuff going on at once and some of it was confusing, but I think it was a cool story. And now Aunt May and Gwen are living it up in uh, France. So heck yeah, I think, I think they're chilling. So it was it was fun to read. Skipped a few pages, but that's okay. I thought it was kind of funny how when Stacy was dropping a couple ill-placed uh, jokes at the end there as they're getting yeah. ready to, to get out of town. And Aunt May is saying to herself, hey, I don't like these jokes. And they just keep getting worse and worse and disrespectful. But that's uh, that's just the writers getting a little little fun poke in there, I guess. But yeah, overall, the, the whole series itself, um, it was good. A lot of stuff out of context, I guess. And it's, it's, it's really hard to jump right into the middle of, of you know, a, a comic book company's storyline kind of out of context but when when i used to read comic books back way back in the stone ages if something <laughs> happened you'd have a little editor's note and the editor's note would say to find out more about this go read incredible hulk number 327 or yeah something. that was and, helpful and if you didn't have the comic you could at least maybe go buy it and and read and, and see this one there wasn't any of that. Not that I was, you know, with, we already had six comics to read. I wasn't going to go read some more to get some more backstory because that's just like an endless loop of, of back. <laughs> but it would have been at least helpful for the editors to, you know, to to know, hey, 
if, if you want to know more about this, this all happened in the last 10 issues of Ultimate Spider-Man or something. Yeah. But it, that's what you get for jumping into the, the middle of, of a storyline. I'm surprised at how much low-waisted fashion there is on, like, Gwen and uh, Mary Jane. Because, like, this is 2011. This is prime, like, rise of the skinny gene, right? Like, <laughs> why are they wearing low-rise tracksuit pants? Uh, I don't know. You can be our new fashion correspondent for. Yeah, family. I'll be the fashion correspondent for Family Geekery. You can be on the on the on the carpet, saying, <laughs> "Let's see what Rogue is wearing to tonight's gala." <laughs> fingerless gloves again, Rogue. I see you're living dangerously. Oh, I see those fingerless gloves, <laughs> ready to life suck some people. <laughs> if you don't, if you don't win your Grammy, <laughs> you life suck Eminem. <laughs> well cool well overall i think it was a, it was a good read we do need to uh find out more about miles morales so yeah because we found out absolutely zero yeah this was his first appearance but definitely not his origin story so stay tuned to the family geekery podcast we will be back with a full coverage on miles morales so that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you liked hearing us ramble on about stuff that we didn't under, fully understand. And if you that's want what to, we're here for. If you want to be as as equally under misunderstood as as we were with these, then you can uh, pick up the Marvel Unlimited app and read this whole series there. Again, not sponsored, but we should be. So thank you as always for listening to our podcast. And until next time, peace, peace out. out. And, and yeah. Out. Thank you for listening to the Family Geekery podcast. For more information, visit www.familygeekery.com. Don't forget to subscribe at your favorite podcast provider. And until next time, peace out and geek out. Woo. Oh, good luck editing that one. Yeah, that's going to be a fun one. I got to pee.